signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts to the world champion. Amici scores. Amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burner. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Hi, this is Chuck Foreman, number 44 of the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vance, the boogie woogie man. This is Coach Pry with Virginia Tech football, and you are listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. 101.7, 103.5, and AM 1460. Streaming worldwide at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. Well, I met her out at Murphy's Restaurant. She said she was fresh from the farm And I remember thinking for a country girl That she went pretty well armed We sat there talking by the lobster tank I ordered her a slow gin fizz And when them chicken fried steaks arrived She said I like living like this So I made her the queen of my It is Monday here on the program. Good morning. Well, a few Hope you're okay. Later, I run into her with some stranger on a park bench. She said he reveals engines and his name is Earl. He's a I'd like to hear from you post uh, uh, <coughs> Super Bowl. Told you the Chiefs were going to win. Baker Team Hotline 639 4900. Text line 744 2990. You can send me a message at Messenger. Email me, Rick at Nuva Radio. The rest of the NFL living in a double-wide trailer while Patrick Mahomes continues to do all these unbelievable things. We'll go over the basketball results of the weekend. Not good news once again for both Virginia Tech and Radford men. Ooh. Lots happening around the world of college football, and uh, we just got a lot going on. So we'd like to hear from you and hope everybody is doing okay. And what uh, share with me what you had as your main foods for your Super Bowl party because I want to report to Bill Roth later in the week. Let's go to the uh, Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? This is Gary. How you doing? Hey, man. How are you? Good. Uh, what do you make of uh, Chip Kelly leaving a uh, head coaching job to take an OC job? <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Um, I think yeah. he, he knew he was going to be um, probably forced out of that. The, uh, the folks who run the collective, the, um, the biggest bo- uh, bo- uh, bonus and the boosters and all those guys don't like Chip Kelly, and it had been building that way from so long. And so he, he knew that 
he was not going to be the head coach probably in a month would be my guess from what I'm hearing. So he, uh, you know, he's going to hook up over there at Ohio State and try to rebuild his reputation. His reputation is severely damaged for his failure at UCLA. What do you think of Jed Fish interviewing for that job, not even being in Washington in a month? Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? They, uh, he's the, of course saying he did not, but yet they obviously talked. I mean, the UCLA AD, they'd have to pay a $12 million buyout if they were to hire him, so they're not going to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, that's the job he always wanted. Obviously, he didn't know this was going to happen. Um, if I'm the UW people, I would look into it. I mean, I think they have every right to kind of talk to him and say, okay, this is what's being reported, what's true, what's not. We know you spoke with them. Um, he's trying to say now what, that he was <laughs> called as uh, somebody they were trying to run through some candidates or something. It was just a ridiculous explanation he had. But I, I don't think it's a good look. No, not at all. Well, I, I said once they hired him, I said he's not going to be there long term because he's never stayed anywhere long term. No, no, not at all, not at all. It, you know, UCLA's athletic department is broken. Martin Germain is a horrible athletic director. He's been a bad fit coming from BC. Uh, he's done virtually nothing to uh, make the you know the marquee programs what they need to be, especially on the football side. And I don't know who's going to get that job. They're going to do something stupid, like hire Deshaun Foster. You watch. It's going to be something that you're just going to go, wow, just wow. It's going to be a well, horrible. I, I heard. I heard your former D.C. team I get it that with USC. I heard him back as the uh, head coach. Who was it? I'm sorry. I couldn't hear your phone broke up. The, the, the former guy that was your uh, defensive coordinator that went to USC. Ken Norton? I think his last name's Lynn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, again, though, he left UCLA to go to USC because of Chip Kelly. So, yeah. I, I, I'm not – it's going to be a horrible hire, whoever they hire. There's – that program's got to be torn down and built back up, and they're trying to build up the collective, I know, with the men of Westwood and all that. But uh, it's, a, it's a program right now wandering in the desert because it has no leadership. That, that athletic department has zero leadership. Okay, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. yeah, Chip Kelly, by the way, left a head coaching job at a school going into the Big Ten to become the offensive coordinator at another school in the Big Ten. Now, personally, I'm happy as a UCLA guy because Chip Kelly is an abstract disaster. I mean, he just he's just a disaster as a head football coach. Um, that's why I knew there was all these reports that these NFL teams were looking at him to come in. That none of that was legit. I mean, I just he was always going to stay in the collegiate game because that's where he was successful. Um, his offense was completely and utterly figured out when he was. Um, in uh, the NFL, and um, it hasn't changed. And he didn't want to deal with all that. But in any event, we'll get into that a little bit later on as well. Chiefs win. Told you they'd win. At least I didn't notice anything that looked like the NFL was handing them the win, so that was kind of nice. I didn't feel like the game was sketchy. <laughs> you know, and... I say that kind of just half-joking because you just never really know. Um, it wasn't a very good football game. People are going to say, oh, went into overtime. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, it did. But offensively, it wasn't a great game for about three quarters. Um, I thought Brock Purdy kind of collapsed under the pressure of the game. He didn't, he didn't make plays. 
They were having some success running. They got away from it too much. This game, I think, falls on Kyle Shanahan, who now has a complete and utterly well-deserved stigma. You realize now he has been part of three Super Bowls, two as a head coach, one as an offensive coordinator, where he's had double-digit leads, and he's now 0-3. Right? I mean, each team had six penalties. The turnovers were a factor. So at least I'm not coming away from this game like I was last year when I thought it was pretty clear that the holding call and you had the 28-yard field goal to win. It was kind of contrived and there was a lot of controversy. At least there's no controversy coming out of this game. So that's a good thing. Mahomes was, you know, he was fine. He completed 34 passes, 333 yards. His running, uh, I think, was the big factor. He ran more for uh, than anybody else on the Chiefs team. And here are the Chiefs, who were the most vulnerable that they have been since Mahomes got there, going on the road, winning in Buffalo, Baltimore, and then winning the Super Bowl. And they'll be better next year, so... Good luck with that. And now you have to include Patrick Mahomes right up there with Tom Brady. This is now a dynasty. And God, this kills me as a Broncos lifer to have to say that. But this is now a dynasty. They go back-to-back, first time since the Patriots did it, and the Patriots did it um, after the Broncos had done it last. So they are what they are. And we're back into that mode in the NFL where you have this kind of dominance, and it's just not a lot of fun unless you're – a Chiefs fan. But you just have to tip your hat to that combination. It's not both. I mean, it's not one. It's both. It's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together. It's a magical combination that happens sometimes in all sports where coach and player meet and everything just sparks itself. And, you know, there's nothing really you can say beyond this point. They are the latest dynasty in the league now. There's no, there's no denial that I can throw at them as a Broncos fan. I just have to sit there and just grip my teeth and go, well, here we are. Here we are. Think about all the teams that had a chance to, to draft Patrick Mahomes and give Andy Reid credit. He was the one who saw him, traded up for him. All these other teams passed and uh, developed him into what he is, and he is just that guy. So he's now involved in the Brady conversation. I mean, other than some sketchy officiating, the Chiefs aren't included in any cheating allegations like the Patriots were that kind of clouded much of what they accomplished with Belichick and Brady. So just got to begrudgingly tip your hat to them, and that's who everybody is chasing. Because, again, this was the most vulnerable team they had. The defense came on. And they're going to keep their defensive coordinator who never even wanted a head coaching job this cycle. Steve Spagnolo was terrific. I mean, that defense was, was outstanding again, especially down the stretch. I don't know what happened between Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, but that was a bad look on Kelsey. He ended up, though, with you know good numbers. He didn't score a touchdown, but nine catches in the game. It was unbelievable to see the torn Achilles, right? From the best defensive player the 49ers had. He's just getting ready to run out to the field. Just, 
I don't understand what that was all about. That's just so horrible. I felt so bad for him. He wasn't doing anything. You know, he wasn't doing anything showing off or wasn't jumping up and down. He just got ready to run on the field, and there goes his Achilles, man. Just goes to show you how fragile your body can be when you're playing a game at this level. It was terrible. It was terrible. Dre Greenlaw, by the way, who had a, tr- a great year. That was the linebacker. And I felt like he was probably the best player over the last several weeks. I know everybody looks at Bosa and Warner, but that kid was uh, dynamite. Not that it necessarily cost him the game, but I just wanted to point out how terrible that was to see that. I did not stay up. I actually fell asleep. It was weird. I, I fell asleep toward the end of the third quarter. Woke up just as overtime was starting. So I was able to wake up to watch the overtime. I don't know what the final count was for the Taylor Swift cuts. I know a lot of people were angry that on the winning touchdown to Hardman, they didn't even show the on-field celebration. They immediately cut up to the press box. I don't know. I didn't see it, so I don't know. I remember when, as soon as I saw the touchdown being scored, I turned the TV back off and went back to bed. So I don't know what happened there with Kelsey and Andy Reid. If anybody knows, let me know. I mean, that was an ugly look for him. And I don't know if they just have that kind of relationship, you know, where I, I would think there would never be okay to do that to your head coach, especially with that many cameras. And if Reed, who stumbled, if he'd have fallen down right there, oof, bad look. A lot of coaches would have benched the guy, but not in today's professional sports world. And, you know, and Gary, who just called. I kept thinking about you, Gary, because, you know, you brought up a question last week, and I found myself being that guy yesterday. Maybe just because I was bitter Chiefs fan. Or bitter Chiefs, anti-Chiefs fan. Right? But... I think Gary's onto something. As you get older, these games, the games, they just you just look at them differently. They don't mean as much. I didn't have to stay up to watch the Super Bowl. For one, I knew I couldn't because I was exhausted from the long weekend down in Clinton, South Carolina. It didn't go well for Radford, which we'll get into. Um, I didn't feel like I had to watch the Super Bowl. And that's the first time I can remember thinking, I'm not going to care whether or not I watch the end of the Super Bowl. And that's just me. I mean, I'm just telling you. 49ers made an extra point. Okay, there we go. Missed an extra point. Thank you. 49ers missed an extra point. Ah, that left it at a three-point game. And then the Chiefs kicked the field goal. That's why we had overtime. God, missed an extra point in the Super Bowl. Woof. Brutal. Brutal. But I don't know what else can be said. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is now, I mean, he's on that Mount Rushmore somewhere. He's now an all-timer. He just is. It's just, it is what it is. He's just, what, 29 years old? Andy Reid should be a first ballot Hall of Fame coach at this point. Eagle fan, how do you feel about that, huh? And for Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he's got a stigma now. I mean, he's answering a lot of questions. I I don't know why he took the ball first in overtime. He's trying to explain it. I think you always defer. That way, if the Chiefs do score, you know what you need to do at that point, right? It takes away a lot of the guesswork. He won the toss in overtime. 
elected to take the football. You're not going to stop Mahomes in that situation. Even if they score, then you know you have to score. Maybe that helps your young quarterback. It came across like he didn't trust Brock Purdy, didn't it? And I didn't see Brock Purdy make any plays last night. Made a couple of decent throws. But I didn't see him changing the game the way Mahomes changes the game. And that's what it came down to for me. Because I was probably about halfway serious when I was talking about the NFL, making sure Taylor Swift got to celebrate. Although, a large part of me still believes that right now today, they are smiling ear to ear because they got that moment. But it came down to me picking this game as Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. I mean, he's still Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. I mean, Juwan Jennings threw as many touchdown passes in this game as his teammate Brock Purdy. So when it came down to who was going to win, I kept thinking, all right, Shanahan has not won these games. Andy Reid has. Patrick Mahomes has won these games. Brock Purdy has not. And sure enough, that's the way it played out. Chiefs never panicked. They fell behind. They held it. You felt the game was over. I don't know about you. First of all, I never thought the 49ers were going to win. But as you were watching overtime, didn't you just know when they held them to that field goal, the game was over? Like, it was inevitable the Chiefs were going to score. It wasn't even a – the defenses are exhausted at that point, but the Chiefs' defense was able to get the stop for three, whereas the 49ers' defense – and why when they had it down there at the goal line? Again, something that Kyle Shanahan – his defense, his guys were just dying. Use a defensive timeout at that point. Bring them over to the sideline. He didn't do that. And then, of course, they used the same motion that they used last year, the game-winning touchdown, or a touchdown late in the game against uh, Philadelphia. And they win the football game. So the Chiefs are the champs, and uh, they earned it, and uh, I'm pretty sick about it as a Broncos fan. (laughs) All right, just getting started for another week. Love to get your thoughts on the game, the commercials, and what in the holy hell was that at halftime? We'll be back. We are uh, about to hit the bottom of the hour here. What did you think of the Usher halftime? I mean, I don't know a whole lot of Usher music. I have no idea. I mean, I guess if I heard them, I would know, but I mean... First of all, it's way too long. It's 40. They have to wait 45 minutes to play football again. It just kept going and going and going. I mean, it wasn't offensively bad. I think that's what I tweeted out. It wasn't like you were offended by it, but it still wasn't very good. (laughs) It just was just, yeah. Okay. All right, yay, Usher. You're a league that's going to clear $25 billion this year in profits, and Usher is the best you can get for your halftime? Usher? 
Isn't he on one of the talent shows? Like, judging other people? Marva comes up at 7.05. Tim Thomas, 7.35. We'll talk a little hoops when we come back. And it's not good news for your Hokies or your Highlanders. minutes to the top of the hour. We'd love to hear from you. 639-4900-744-2990. Many people chiming in on the uh, extra things, the commercials, what was good, what was bad, what did you like, what didn't you like. I mean, I, I guess I never end up paying much attention to the commercials. I saw one with uh, Ron Swanson in April from uh, Parks and Rec. Kind of like that one. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Big dog, big Al. How are you? Hey, big Al. What's going on, man? Uh, Not too much. First of all, congratulations on Randy Gratishar finally making a uh, terribly delayed but well-deserved entry into the Football Hall of Fame. Thank you very much. It was nice to see. Finally, 30 years too late, but hey, at least he's in. I remember watching him play in the Orange Crush defense. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. In his heyday, I thought he was as good or better than Jack Lambert. Yeah, he was. Numbers were a lot better, but they didn't win Super Bowls, and I get it. I mean, that's going to be recognized more than anything else. But, uh, yeah, pound for pound, he was a better player. Well, not winning a Super Bowl doesn't necessarily negate the accomplishments of the individual players, and I think that's where they're a little short-sighted. Yes, yes, they are. Absolutely, they are. Also, uh, I had... uh, seen a video where they showed people uh, simulating taking shots every time they showed Taylor Swift on the <laughs> Super Bowl. So I'm, wonder, I'm wondering if anybody emulated that in real life and if they made it all the way through the overtime. <laughs> That's a great question. We'll put that out there. I'd like to know myself. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, uh, I'm a little curious. I've been doing some reading with regards to the uh, I think the right word is coalition between the SEC and the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and some of the things. Uh, first thing, I think they stepped up and tried to block SMU from moving from Group of Five to Power Five and getting what would be their full share if they made it to the college football playoffs. Don't understand exactly why they did that. Some kind of compromise was reached. They've already got the already revoted the format on the college football playoffs. So it's five conferences and seven at large. Mm-hmm. They have changed. They have told the CFP that after 2025, they wanted the distribution of the money renegotiated. And I believe they're working together to create their own streaming platform. So I don't know if people realize it in the background, but the changes that are coming and are being made by those two conferences together, the speed at which it's happening is stunning. And what they're trying to do is, in my opinion, scary. Yeah, I'm with you. And they've got. All the autonomy they want from the networks, too. Right? They want all this to happen. Networks are just waiting to see what they end up doing, and they're going to take advantage of it all together. It's all part of the big plan. It really is. It really is. Well, 
whatever the number winds up being, whether it stays at the current 34 for those two conferences or it goes to 40, 48, I don't know if anybody truly knows what that number will be. No, no. I just don't see in the long run how that's beneficial to college football. It's not. It's not. It, this thing is uh, ready to implode. It, it's, it, it can't continue under any aspect of what it's doing right now. And I don't know if people understand how bad this is overall. I really don't. Well, I just don't understand how you can decrease the number of teams that would still be considered Power 5, for lack of using a better term or using the current vernacular. You reduce that. So to me, you reduce the number of fans that are interested in it. And in turn, how you expect the money to keep going up if you're reducing the fan base on the other side. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, big dog. Have a great day. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. 639-4900, big Al Wink's great. I mean, if you look, and and by the way, I put up on the Facebook page, and this this is what, I mean, if you look at it, there's no other way to look at this is just understanding how bad this is right now. Um, when you have Mike Loxley, did you see this? Mike Loxley, the head coach at Maryland. And I put it up. Here's his quote. Because of this portal NIL, your third team tailback's coming into your office and he's saying, I need $100,000 or I'm going into the portal. And you're like, where does this magic $100,000 number come from? This is Maryland's head coach, Mike Loxley. So he had a third-string tailback come into his office and want $100,000. Yes. That's a true story. So I just, somebody try to make it make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And this thing, the fact that it has gotten to this point is just like everything else in the world, especially in politics and the media, everybody trying to get theirs, ignoring what should be done, no leadership, the fish always rots from the head, and this thing has spiraled completely out of control. And, you know, It's going to be very difficult for me, and I can only speak for me, to take any of this nearly as seriously as I used to. Like, college football, to me, right now, is absolutely ruined. It's ruined. And just like Big Al was talking about, we already see the power brokers making the decisions, laying the groundwork for their own leagues to benefit the most from the decisions, the SEC and the Big Ten. If you can't see that and you can't understand why a third-string quarterback or tailback going in and saying he wants hundred grand is horrible in every way, I don't know what to tell you. And again, I know Tech fan, right now you're just reveling in it and you're rolling in it, but you're, you're going to – you're going to take the short-term gain, and you're not going to see the greater good. And when it comes back around the other way, you're going to jump on board like everybody else and realize how miserable it is right now. So, 
it, it's very difficult to sit there and watch. It's very difficult to know that your quarterback's making a million dollars or almost a million dollars as a high school, I mean, as a, a collegiate junior or senior. I've always been the proponent, especially in football, men's basketball, because those are the sports that bring the revenue, that they should be compensated. But this has gotten to the point of ridiculousness. Right? Ridiculousness. It's not even, I mean, saying that they should get something because of all the money that's being made is one thing, but seeing knowing these court knowing Drake may made two and a half to three million dollars last year knowing Spencer Radler as Jen reported was making a million and a half last year how can you sit there as a booster or a donor or a lifelong season ticket holder and still watch this game in the same light how can you sit there and just and give all of your money and your time to the current format. Explain that to me. I can't do it anymore. I just... That's right. As Wayne points out, these guys are making more than most assistant coaches. Do you not understand that this is just... It's a, it's a model that is not going to sustain itself it it can't it can't continue and it's not going to continue much longer year at most I don't know I just got a text message about hey I think most tech fans understand I don't know I have a lot of people I work with people I know that are tech fans and they're all just ignoring everything because they got everybody back right now anyway they They've got the mindset it's not affecting Blacksburg, so we love it. Well, 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 well. Enjoy it while you can, because it's not going to last. I mean, people that are eagerly creating these collectives, I understand why they have to do it. I get it. They're looking at the landscape. They know what's going on elsewhere, like in those two big leagues, the SEC and the Big Ten. Look, if it wasn't clear before, college sports, college football, there are only two leagues that matter in college football, which is why they created the uh, advisory council. College football is run by the SEC and the Big Ten. And when the dust settles, if you're not part of it, like I said, and I've seen this brought up and just completely have people are having conversations all over the country like we've had here together on this show. If you're not part of what this looks like in two or three years, you are an afterthought. You are an afterthought. That's just the way it is. Right now, Virginia Tech, is an afterthought because they're not in. Clemson is an afterthought. They're not in. Florida State, and they know it. 
And now we know why, right? Reading a lot of the, uh, the writers down in Tallahassee in the southeast, right? These people have caught on to the fact that this whole advisory council creation by the SEC and the Big Ten, this wasn't private to the people that are inside athletics and these other Power Fives. They knew this was happening, and it's the impetus why Florida State is working so hard to break the ACC's grant of rights and be the first one to get out. Text message, most casual fans don't know what the portal is. Well, I don't know about that. I think it's gotten to the point, it's gotten so large, the conversation. Let's put it this way. They know enough to know if they lose players to the portal that it's bad. I think I think it's like this. I think most fans know exactly what the portal is. I don't think most fans, well, I won't say most fans. I won't say a lot of fans understand how much of a problem the NIL has grown into. And what do we see every time that destroys humanity? Greed and self-absorption. The greed of these players that are getting finally paid to play. That's what this is. Has gotten to the point where a third string tailback is going to Mike Loxley and saying, I need a hundred grand or I'm out. Third string. In other words, you're not counted on to be part of any game plan. You may be a special teams guy. You may be on the punt return team, punt coverage team. And you're saying you need a hundred grand to stay. See ya. And I don't have any answers. Just keep in mind, I'm not sitting here saying I have any answers. I'm not claiming to. I wish somebody did have um answers but nobody does because nobody wants to tackle it text message about putting a cap on the nil i don't know how that happens at this point like i don't know who's going to institute a cap and people are going to agree on it the institutions i don't know are the players then going to counter sue i mean you're going to have more litigation potentially i don't know how you put the lid back on pandora's box i don't know how you cap it unless all the schools just finally get together and say enough's enough. You know, we talked about this in professional sports. You remember when they've had strikes, especially in baseball in the past? And it was owners' collusion. Remember when they would accuse the owners of collusion and not signing free agents for all these unbelievable figures back in the day before now we look at it as very calm figures, right? You would have to have the school presidents and collectives and departments all agree to just put a freeze on the NIL or limit the kind of money that would go out from the NIL, I guess. It's the only thing I could think of. I don't know how I don't know how it works to put a cap on it. I really don't. I mean I, I yeah, the thought process would have to be there, but it would have to be total agreement by the people who are paying this out now. I mean, Matt Rule came right forward. ESPN barely covered the story. 
I agree with this text message. ESPN, <laughs> all they want to do is pump up every aspect of collegiate sports because they understand they're going to be the beneficiary of whatever this TV contract looks like with the SEC, their number one partner. But Matt Rule said, look, if you're going to go out and sign a portal quarterback as a starter from another Power Five, you're paying a million dollars. And everybody everybody in the country knows it. How nonsensical is that? Just that thought process. And he has to talk about it as a matter of fact because it's just, that's fact. It's no good. People, it's no good. This is not sustainable. You're going to pay, and by the way, your season tickets are going to go up and up and up. Your parking spaces are going to go up and up and up. Your merchandise is going to go up and up. Whatever it takes to be part of it, you're about to get jabbed just like AEP's jabbing all of us now by saying, hey, we're going to add at least $20 to your bill because you know why? Because they damn well know they can because everybody has to have power. And we're the ones who get screwed. And if you are a Virginia Tech supporter, if you're a Clemson supporter, if you're a Notre Dame supporter, they know they've got you because how many people are just going to walk away because of new percentage increases in all the things you're buying and enjoying now to be part of the program as much as you can? It's no different than what you're seeing with AEP right now. Biggest crooks in the world are the people that take advantage of folks like us simply out of necessity. And it's going to come to all these Power Five schools. Pretty soon you're going to see all these increases. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then it becomes a question of what do you What is your limit? When do you finally say enough's enough? You got this new streaming alliance with these three, what has been traditionally broadcast enemies. They've been adversaries for how many years, and now they join together. You're going to be paying just to watch basic regular season games soon. When are you going to say, no, No, sorry. I'm done. I've taken the next step to walk through that doorway. i got to be honest with you. It's not the same, man. It's just not the same. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. We'll be back to wrap up our one. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Someday I'll have me a chauffeur And a block-long limousine EO-11 EO-11 Kind of a heavy conversation, I know. Getting a lot of discouraged texts now. But hey, we're just trying to be honest with you here. I'm, I mean, I, you know, you're the smartest listening audience in radio. We're just we're not talking about something you already don't know about. It's happening. 
All right, we're going to have Marva come up, Tim Thomas. We'll get into uh, all things Tech basketball. Softball got underway this weekend. My goodness, a lot going on. We'll be back. Hour 2, Marva in Miami joins us.